Welcome to the 49ers You've Got Mail podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm your host and team reporter, Lindsay Polaris. It's been a minute, Faithful. The 49ers are now in phase two of the offseason programming, and San Francisco's regular season schedule was announced last week. There have been plenty of fun events going on during the NFL offseason. Earlier this month, the 49ers Foundation put on their annual Golden Getaway Weekend at Carmel Valley Ranch. Proceeds from the event help fund programs that support Bay Area youth. Current players and alumni were in attendance, and that's where I got to catch up with this week's guest, former San Francisco 49ers nose tackle Ian Williams. He played with the Red and Gold for five seasons from 2011 through the end of the 2015 season, and he's a regular attendee of the 49ers Foundation Golden Getaway. He weighed in on the 2022 season, the team's biggest offseason moves, and his golf skills, of course. So let's get into it. I've been to a lot of them, and I always have a great time. It's always cool to be able to mix and mingle with a lot of the people who are you know, donors for the museum and the STEM programs. And uh, I feel like my personality and you know, me being very bad at golf brings them <laughs> back every year. I've asked several of the current players this, but where would you rate the golf skills 1 to 10 at this point? My golf skills? Yes. I definitely have to say like a 4. Okay. Sometimes, you know, I'm on straight where I'll hit one and it'll be like a Tiger Woods type hit. And then every one will be like a dud and I'll hit maybe four yards. It'll bounce off the ground. All these different technical things, but yeah. Would you say that your golf game has gotten better since retiring from football just because you had a little more free time or not really? <laughs> Incorrect. Incorrect. It's gotten okay. worse, actually. No, nope, <laughs> false statement there. Um, so for you as a former NFL player, now that you're in the alumni part of your life, why is it so important to continue to give back, especially to the 49ers Foundation and all the critical football programs that it helps fund? Well, we're attached. You know, when we come in as a rookie or a free agent, you know, you come a part of the city. You come a part of the culture of the Bay Area. And that means you're a part of the younger generation also. So they see you play. An 8-year-old can see you play. A 20-year-old can see you play. And these are the people in the community that by you showing up to a random toy drive or a clothing event some kind of thing Debo Samuel showing up at the shoe palace and things like that it gives kids and other people inspiration that hey like these guys are really in the community not only are they playing great football great citizens but they're also involving themselves in the community because they don't have to after games you know after a Sunday night game I'm sore on Monday I'm sore on Tuesday but a lot of these guys show up and, and, and people don't even know how sore they are their necks their knees but they're there for the people who it really matters for, and that's the kids and the people who really need the services that the 49ers provide. So correct me if I'm wrong, you were a former undrafted free agent? Yes, yes. Okay, so I think we should talk about that since right now, a lot of dreams of upcoming undrafted yes. free agents are about to come true. Yes. How critical is it to stand out during this OTA time and training camp and really prove yourself? How do you do that? Very critical. I mean, for me, I came in in a different situation where to 2011 was a lockout year so after the draft I didn't have any calls or anything until July right before training camp so I came right into training camp just a few days before I actually knew what team and my, what playbook I was going to have but these guys have the luxury of being drafted coming in for OTAs you have a great office front office and you have a great staff to be able to implement what you're trying to do schematically on the football field so for a young guy to be able to come in undrafted and have the opportunity especially in certain positions where 
a tight end, you're not going to have George Kittle take a lot of reps. He mm -hmm. doesn't need those reps. Same thing for Trent Williams, but you have a young guy who can step in and take those reps and got better. And that's what I did when I had Justin Smith and all those guys that I played with and uh, uh, Kyle, uh, not, not Kyle, but uh, Jim Harbaugh a few years ago. Um, that's where I learned from. And as an undrafted free agent, that's where I made my bread and butter. Whenever I had an opportunity, I seized it. Do you feel like you played with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder throughout your career because you didn't get your name called during draft weekend? Oh, yes, for sure, for sure. And I wanted to make a name for myself because I knew what I was capable of. And it actually worked out because with the draft, you know, they pick you. Mm -hmm. But now with free agency, they still want you, but now you, you get, get to, to pick. Yeah. So when it was my turn, I had all the teams pretty much calling me, especially for a 3-4 nose guard. So that was Philly, that was Dallas, that was the Giants, that was New York, the, the Jets, that was Washington uh, at the time. And I'm looking at all these rosters, and I see Jim Tonsul, and I see the 49ers roster. I see five defensive linemen. I'm like, okay. I think I have a chance. I wasn't scared of competition, but I knew I could have a chance of getting some reps mm -hmm. and just being able to show because sometimes you have 15 guys on the depth chart, and when do you get reps? Especially when you have a you young don't. defensive line. <laughs> yeah. you got to get those guys reps. Chris Corsair got to get those guys reps. Mm -hmm. So you have a young guy coming in, there's a lot of guys. It doesn't usually work out. So the numbers worked out perfectly. Obviously, you know, the storylines led for itself where we had a great run for four years. And, you know, that really propelled me into being the leader that I was on the team in 2015, which uh, we were able to, you know, overcome some things. But, you know, we made things happen. This podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. As a former defensive lineman, I have to ask, what is your opinion of the stacked talent on the defensive front of this upcoming 2023? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Honestly, it's been great to see the talent that Chris Kosarek as a defensive lineman, former defensive lineman, being able to watch these guys be drafted. And then also Eric Armstead. In 2015, I was the leader in, in the locker room, in that defensive line room. And who was this 2015 rookie that came into the locker room? Eric Armstead. Yeah. And look at him now, citizen of the year, Sacramento's finest, and one of the top paid and top D linemen in the, in, in, this, in the country. So you're looking at all these guys on the defensive line. So I'm excited to know what they can do this year. Cause I know they're foaming at the mouth to get back at Philadelphia. I was at the game. I was excited. So I know what it takes out of them when they lose a game like that. So I'm excited to see what they can do this year. So that was my first time in Philly. Really? I Was it rowdy? It was so rowdy. I told you. <laughs> the buses going into the stadium. I did not realize that Philly fans were actually going to. They're gonna, right there. They, like, line them. up and they wait. And they're. They're, They're enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. They start them young, too. Yeah. There was like five-year-olds yeah. taunting us. It was, I'm impressed. Before we get to the next question, Manscaped is the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off in free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. So what do you think about the addition of Javon Hargrave coming from the team we were just talking about, the Philadelphia Eagles? I'm over here shrugging my shoulders. <laughs> I already know what he's going to come in. I already know what he brings to the table. You know, being able to see him play against these guys, they already know. Brendel and the interior offensive lineman, Banks, and they know what this guy can do already. So you know, I'm sure Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, you know, may have mentioned him, hey, what do you think about this guy? Oh, coach, he's a player. Let's get him. 
And that's exactly what they did. And I think with him, Armstead, and you have Beal, and you have some young talent that just, just got drafted, and then you got Bosa out there. I mean, as a quarterback, I don't know where you're going to evade the pocket from. Were you surprised at the big free agent move? Just because nobody really expected the big get this offseason. I was very surprised. I didn't expect it. I thought we were going to, you know, kind of disperse it and try to get some talent or maybe save that cash. But, hey, if you can get a player like that in free agency who's going to really solidify and give you a chance to be able to interchangeably move these guys so they can stay fresh throughout the game, oh, that's huge. And how do you win championships? Defensive line and the offseason mm -hmm. line. And we have two of the best in the NFL. All right, so uh, for your 2023 season prediction, regular season, where do the 49ers end up? I think they have the team to make it back to where they were last year, and I think they have the team to make it even further. You have a healthy quarterback, whoever it may be, and not Christian McCaffrey, all, everything that he is, mm -hmm. as long as he's not there back there, corn band quarterback, we're one of the best teams in the NFC. I was there at the game. I felt the emotion when we lost Brock, when we lost Josh, and we were at a point where we were just searching for somebody to be able to just make a play for us. And yeah, we just any we throw, exactly. any throw, yeah. But, I mean, we got to call a spade a spade. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we got all those guys back. We just got to make sure we stay healthy throughout the season, and definitely we can make some noise in January and February. So something that's been kind of characteristic of the 49ers the past couple seasons at least is a little bit of that slow start at the beginning. How do you bypass that as a team and just kind of hit the ground running? You're kind of always going to have that, especially with how less there's practice and the regulations of, you know, you can't have them out there for two days or a certain time you can have them out there. And that, that lulls where you don't have the amount of hands-on practice with the guys. And it bleeds into September and October. But the best teams always figure it out. They get into football shape. It's hard to not hit anybody for months. And then come in and expect to be in football shape to run and hit people for multiple games in just 30 days. It takes time. It takes a callus to build that. So that's why you see that lull into September and October. And then the better teams start to figure it out, especially when you can run the football. And it makes it a lot easier when it gets colder. So definitely the Niners have that have what it takes. Cool. And then this is a fun question we've been ending on. If you weren't a nose tackle during your NFL career, you could play any position. What are you playing? I'm playing quarterback. I mean, I like at the end of the day, yeah. you know, when we had NCAA football, you know, on, on, on the game or Madden, you know, if you want to do an all-star play, you're going to have a quarterback, you know. I want to play cornerback out there and not have any control over the game. I want to have full control over the game. I'm going to be a user. So were you a person that kind of fell into your position, or how did how did you become a nose tackle? I kind of fell in a position. I was okay. a basketball player. I was always too heavy, and uh, um, there was uh, you know more uh, money requirements at that time. Um, so that was very expensive, where basketball was cheap. So my mom had me in basketball, kept me active. Um, and I didn't play football until I got to high school, and that's kind of where I figured it out. And you know, I didn't really play 3-4 until I got to college, and it's just kind of grew on me and then I had some great coaching and then Jim Tom Sula kind of saw a diamond and just made it even 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 harder so that's where I was at with that and if I wasn't a nose guard I definitely wanted to be an astronaut that was one of my things I'm from Orlando so okay. I used to watch the show oh, I was like that makes a yeah, lot of sense yeah. yeah so astronaut for sure thank you to Ian Williams and thank you to you faithful for tuning in to the 49ers you've got mail podcast presented by Manscaped don't forget to subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you can be the first to listen to our latest episodes next episode of this one drops in two weeks